everybody. Welcome. It's a brand new episode of Osprey Observer TV. I'm your host, Johnny Torres. With me, as always, Marie Gilmore. How are you, Marie? I'm doing great. Yeah, uh, we've done uh, an amazing amount of videos already in a short time span. We've gotten to know, uh, you know, some great businesses in the community, some great leaders in the community. And one of the things that, uh, you know, we haven't really touched on is how generous this community is and, uh, and, and how we help each other out and the resources that are available to those in need. Uh, you have an amazing interview with Seeds of Hope. Uh, let's go into that right now. Today, I'm really excited about the interview. I guess I'm excited every week about the interviews, but this week I'm really excited because we have on the founder of a really great local grassroots charity called Seeds of Hope. And I'm so proud that Lita was able to join us today. Thank you for coming, Lita. Tell us about Seeds of Hope for somebody who hasn't heard about it before. Well, you're welcome. And thanks for having me, Marie. Um, Seeds of Hope was founded 11 years ago, and it started with my kids needing community service hours. So we started with a local road race, which was the Fishhawk Turkey Trot, and generated some money. And we decided, since it was Thanksgiving, that we would donate that to a local food bank. And over the years, it's kind of morphed into us becoming that food bank and uh, providing services to people in their community, and as well as providing other community service for other students. So anyway, it's just become, I think just a part of our Fishhawk community and part of Lithia and Brandon now, and we've really spread out. And um, we've done everything that we originally started to do, which was provide meaningful community service hours for the students and provide food to people in our area who are in need, so. Well, and the core of what Seeds of Hope is, is that weekly food distribution on Thursday afternoons from right. About 4.30 till 6.30, 4.30 till 7. Yep. Bloomingdale Presbyterian is the current home. Right. And so the idea of Seeds of Hope is you're a local food bank, right? Yes. And we are, um, if you go on Feeding America's website and look at all the food banks that there are in the area, our area doesn't have many food banks, number one, and almost all of them are religious-based. So we're one of the very few that are a need-based charity, which basically means if you have a need for food, we will give it unconditionally. We don't have um, any other reason to give food other than, you know, if you have a need. So, um, so it's been really unique in that way. And we started with, I don't know, 11 years ago, we gave about five boxes of food. <laughs> and uh, last Thursday, we ended up giving almost 400 boxes of food. So it's grown exponentially. And of course, the need today is so great that I'm, you know, proud to be a part of a small part of it now. Um, and the awesome things that we do for people in need. Lita, you just kind of touched on it. Uh, of course, with this pandemic, uh, folks, I mean, honestly, even like myself, you know, who had a lot of event based business, um, you know, has, has been struggling through this uh, for you um, and your organization. Did you see it kind of uh, increase progressively or, you know, did you kind of get blindsided by the need in the community? Yeah, we absolutely saw an increase. We used to give out uh, pre-COVID, uh, I like to say it like that, 120 boxes of food. And then after COVID hit and people were still getting the $600 relief checks, we uh, doubled our number. So we had about 250-ish um, every week then, 250 boxes of food. 
And then uh, recently, now that the unemployment supplemental checks have stopped, then we've seen that even grow, um, you know, to three or four times what we typically would. So now we're up to 400 boxes of food. So we're definitely seeing, we see really nice cars come through. I mean, people we don't typically see in the food bank. And, um, you know, you can tell, and I feel like people need to know that we don't judge anyone. So we are completely a, uh, we give food unconditionally. So if people come, we don't ask for any kind of, um, you know, qualifications that they might have had from government subsidies or anything like that. We realize that people have a lot of situations in their their lives that they can't control. And, um, you know, a divorce or potentially a um, health problem or something like that, that just might set them back and they might need food for a month or two months and then they get back on their feet. We see a lot of that. So, so anyway, it's just nice to be there for people when they have nowhere to turn, they don't know where to go and they show up at our place and we say, you know, you're the reason we're here. And they, there's such a relief in people that to know that we're going to help them. So Lita, that sort of amount of families every week that you're able to help takes a lot of coordination, organization. I know you have a lot of volunteers. I can say two of my three sons have benefited from earning community service hours through Hello, Seeds like, of Hope. We love Cross. So much. We've got, we've got one on Bright Futures. Many, mm-hmm. In many ways, due to his hours and hours and weeks and weeks, he came and and served at Seeds of Hope. So I really appreciate that opportunity for our students. But how are you getting the food every single week? Because at the end of the, at the end of giving 400 trunks full of food, which I would love also to describe what those people would be getting on a weekly basis approximately, how do we fill those coffers for the next week? Right. Um, well, we've been very blessed to be associated with Feeding America. So because we are a 501c3, we're allowed to purchase food at 19 cents a pound from Feeding America, which makes it our money, whatever money is donated to us, go very far. So if you can put that into terms of going and buying a pound of ground beef, you could not touch it in a grocery store for 19 cents a pound. And we get that on a weekly basis. So that's awesome. Um, so those donations really do add up. And Feeding America has, when when the crisis first began, some food banks shut down because they had a lot of elderly volunteers. So it was out of safety for their volunteers, which I completely agree with. Um, but we have a lot of younger volunteers and we masked up. We tried to figure out how we could do it safely and we continued to to provide food, and we were one of the few. So Feeding America definitely looked out for us and gave us extra food because we're in an area that Feeding America wasn't. So, so, so far, you know, we always say, like, we go down to the studs basically almost every week, and then, um, you know, we always refer to it as loaves and fishes when, you know, if we get one or two donations and they start rolling in, then, you know, we've been truly blessed with the people, the community support. Um, kids have supported us and done local group collections for us. I mean, we're just truly blessed by the community that we're in that supports and loves what we do. And also just Feeding America has been so great to us. So well, to that point, uh, sorry, uh, to that point, uh, now that things are normalizing to some extent and people, you know, there isn't shortages uh, of certain types of foods, uh, are you starting to see more donations and what type of donations are you primarily needing? Well, I mean, every week we'll take whatever people want to give us. <laughs> but um, 
But yeah, what we're trying to do now is Feeding America has given us a lot of fresh vegetables, which is awesome. They're giving us a lot of meat right now, which is great. Um, so we try and do ask for donations that would supplement that. So a box of pasta, if you've got a meat and a vegetable, then that, that's a meal. So things that complement what we're already giving. So rice and pasta, uh, mac and cheese, those kind of things are always great to add to boxes. Um, so those are, and then for, uh, we just started our back to school backpack program. So we have two different programs. One is people drive up to our food bank and we give them boxes of food. And the second program is that we provide food for students who are in elementary school locally who wouldn't normally have food to eat on the weekend. We provide them with uh, bags of food for the weekend. So now we're gearing up that program and hoping to get that launched next week where we'll be providing uh, local schools with these bags that they can give to students that they see who are in need. Amazing. And I can say what I've loved about being involved with Seeds of Hope, Lita, is when I I've ever come to you with some sort of an idea or a concept for collecting of non-perishable goods or cereals or funds for Seeds of Hope, it's always been a yes. And I've personally been involved in local Boy Scout troops and organizations, and we just say, hey, can we go around the neighborhood and do a food drive for you? Sure, no problem, because it's all benefiting the same cause. We're all in this for the same win of getting getting items collected and getting them to the people in need. So it's just been easy. So for instance, if somebody wanted to do a food drive in their neighborhood, in their church with their family and just collect non-perishable goods or BOGOs and put it together, all they would need to do is just email or contact you right. through the site, right? Absolutely. And just let you know what Right. And that's a huge part of who we are. As I like to tell people, we're not just a food bank. Like we're a we are part of our mission is not only to provide food to people in need. It there's an and in there. And that and is super important to me. And it's and provide community service hours for our students. So to provide food isn't our only mission at Seeds of Hope. So a lot of times people will say, well, you could take you know, a truck and you could go on the corner in Tampa and you can distribute it to the people down there who are in need, but that's not who we are. We're not a food bank that's just gonna go out and randomly give food unless we can get our students involved. And that's one thing that I really loved about our food bank pre-COVID was that we got to know a lot of the people who came. So, and through those relationships, we were able to not only give food, but give hugs, give comfort sometimes when they needed it. Um, you know, just provide a pair of shoes. When somebody literally came in with the soles, you know, off their feet, I, I'll put it out to our Facebook group and say, we need shoes and somebody will step up and give us shoes. So, so we really put the humanity and the heart into our food bank for the people who come. I'd like to tell our student volunteers that, you know, that we might be the only face that they see that week, that the only positive thing that they've come to. So let's, you know, make this a great experience for them. And they have. So that's why the drive-through thing, as much as it's needed right now, I can't wait to get back into our food bank, get our students involved and interacting with the people again. That's what we're about. Well, you've done an absolutely fantastic job, Lita. It's been a pleasure being involved in Seeds of Hope, getting to know you and your family. And I also want to mention Seeds of Hope, with as much impact as it has on a weekly basis, does not have any paid staff, does it? 
No, I'm a volunteer. I say that I'm paid as much as the, the next person who comes in to volunteer for me. So yeah. And, and to that end, I can't even tell you, like if I could pay my volunteers, I absolutely would because we get people who are off the chain. Awesome people, awesome people. So I like to put them in front and I'm in the back because they are really, I mean, I have people up there who've been up there since nine o'clock this morning who will be up there until 7 p.m. tonight, who have packed boxes of food and, are, and continue to pack boxes of food. And the people on Wednesday who bring in the food, I mean, we just have incredible volunteers and they're very passionate about what they do. So I'm a small part of what Seeds of Hope is as far as the organization. But to me, it's very pure if no one is paid so that no one, you know, everyone's paid equally and that we're paid in the gratitude of the people that we help. And it's, it's, I, you know, there's no amount of money that you could put on that. We're very fortunate to have you in our community, Alita. You know, we'll continue to fuel Seeds of Hope and to keep filling your coffers as much as you can give them out. So thank you so much. We'll make sure to put contact information in so people know how to get a hold of the organization, how to get involved, how to do their own collection, how to donate, or maybe even how to volunteer. So thank you for what you do. I know today is a distribution day. So we'll let you get out there and contribute. And we really appreciate what you have offered to our community between you and all the volunteers at Seeds of Hope. Thanks so much, Lita, for being with us. Okay, thanks, Marie. Bye, Johnny. Thanks again to Lita from Seeds of Hope. And trust me, it is not going to be the last time you hear about them from us. Uh, Certainly look them up. They are looking for donations. They are looking for volunteers. If you're looking to get that high school or some community service hours, uh, make sure you touch touch base with Lita and Seeds of Hope. Uh, Marie, editor-at-large for the Osprey Observer, what's uh, been going on in your world? So we've got a really neat series of stories that we started doing with one of our best reporters, Libby Hopkins. It's called Living in COVID. So Libby is taking true stories of people in our community that are living and surviving COVID-19 and their stories to be told. We had one local resident who ended up up in New York City right at the beginning of the COVID-19 quarantine and she got COVID in the city, ended up quarantined in a one-bedroom apartment in the city and never left for three months. So when she got home to Florida, she was just so happy to be in wide open spaces and everything. And she has had a full recovery, we're glad to say. Another one is um, antibody testing and who should do it and why and where to get it done. And then another story we did on was on a disabled adult and how he's living with the adjustments to his routine in COVID-19 and under a global pandemic. And it was a great heartfelt story to read. So Libby's doing a great job covering COVID for us. And she's got a lot more stories coming. So, well, and again, that's the beautiful thing, you know, the local angle on the stories that you guys cover. I mean, you you just can't put a price tag on that. And, uh, you know, I wish I could say that, uh, you know, this will be the end of it, but you know, we we still don't know how much longer we're going to be in this, right? Absolutely. And we'll just keep covering it as we go along and try to keep our community informed. So for those stories and more, make sure you check out ospreyobserver.com. I'm Johnny Torres for Marie Gilmore, editor-at-large of the Osprey Observer. This has been another episode of Osprey Observer TV. So long, everybody. Mm-hmm.